All right. Wow, I have a bigger crowd than what I thought. Usually the kids go out and we it dissipates to about four or five people. So this is great. Um, today, what we're going through is basically the attitude of who we need to be as a group here at the Disciple Center. This has been a long time coming. Um, just like... I want to make sure we have the right mindset, and I really do. I want to make sure that we're welcoming when people come in. And I can't say I had that experience when I first walked in these doors. It was very um, hard, and I honestly don't even know if anybody talked to me the first time I came here. And so this is meant to be somewhat of a stirring in the right direction, but at the same time, other congregations deal with this all the time too. So as we go through these passages today, I want us to look at, at what the scriptures show. Because as I was talking to some people before service, you'll see how Jesus invites anybody in. Jesus invites people to come alongside him. And yet the Pharisees and the Sadducees just condemn him, who he is sitting with at times. And even his own disciples, you'll see their attitude. And I truly believe if Jesus didn't continue to work outside the box, his ministry wouldn't have prevailed like his father sent him here to do. So let's take a look at some of these scriptures today. Matthew 7, and I love how this just kind of flowed all the way through as we go through these scriptures. So we're not going um, out of order even in the book of Matthew. We just keep going um, according to the chapters that it's written in. So in Matthew 7... 15 through 20, it says, <clears throat> talks about the fruits of who we are. And it says, Beware the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So they, every, so every good tree bears good fruit, but the Bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then, you will know them by their fruits. I know they're talking about the prophets in this passage, but I have to wonder if some of this isn't speaking to even myself. I have challenged myself in the past few years. I am very much introverted. I don't like to have a lot of people over. I don't. I like a Sabbath with just my family where we can relax, put the kids in bed, and then Karen and I just chill. I don't know if that's the way God meant it to be. Yeah, some people will say, yes, it actually is that way. It's a tough week. Okay, well, if that's the way that God meant it, maybe Havdalah should be where you bring people in. And you are rejuvenated. But have we bared fruits in this congregation? Some of us. Pastor Stokes is the one that brought most of us in. We are some of his fruits. But from those branches, have we branched out and brought other people in? I'm telling you right now, I haven't. And most of you have not either. Our fruits are not bearing. 
We're not asking people to come. I can tell you that some people have stayed that Pastor Bruce has told me, hey, so-and-so is coming from the school. Would you mind hosting them? Absolutely. As soon as they come in the door, I'm welcoming people. How you doing? I'm Trevor. Will you go out to lunch with us? Sometimes I think I'm overbearing. You know part of service is going out to lunch. We've got to go eat. Okay? We've got to be welcoming. Why? Because I get the snickers. I hear people. Who are they with? Who's watching over them? We don't have just get. We, they have to be a guest of somebody. Let's go through the scriptures. Let's look. Who has the attitude like Jesus and who's acting like a disciple or a Pharisee? Matthew 9. 9 through 13 say, says, As Jesus went from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting in the tax, in the tax collector booth. He said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. Then it happened that as Jesus was reclining at the table in the house, Behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were dining with Jesus and his disciples. When the Pharisees, get this, their attitude and behavior, the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why is your teacher eating with these tax collectors and sinners? But when Jesus heard this, he said, It is not those who are healthy, who need a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn. What this means, I desire compassion and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous and the sinners. Hmm. Jesus is saying, I'm going to take those sinners. I didn't, I'm not going to the Pharisees who think they're righteous, who are trying to live the way. I'm going to those less fortunate. Right there. If Jesus would have listened to them, he would have just stayed in the temple, not really gone out. But Jesus says, I'm going out. I'm doing this. This is my Father's work that I'm going out to do. So you see the Pharisees' attitude. Should we be in that place? I'd rather not be. It's, not, it's also important as we grow and we develop in our relationships to also go to lunch with other people. I'm going to say to the point that we have cliques in this congregation and that even includes me. I will, I've been in the, the routine of only going to lunch with certain people. I've got to get outside of that. If it's going to make me uncomfortable, so be it. But I need to go to lunch and get to know other people. It's important. I was just listening to um, Dr. Travis this morning, and she said, you know, I even have to, at the luncheons at Cal Baptist, I need to start to get to know other people because they may be able to help me in my class or in this area. And if you don't get out of your comfort zone, you're not going to be able to know what other people can possibly help you with. That is something that we need to get better at. Going out to lunch. I know when we first started, we were small. I can still remember actually going down to the Mexican restaurant down there. And we would all have lunch together. Pretty amazing. And then we got so big, Bruce said, hey, we're going to need to split up. It's taking four hours for lunch, basically, because they would not know how to break up the bill or they would worry about getting the food all out at once. 
great problem to have. But we've lost that connectedness to one another with various different people in our congregation. Matthew 15, 29 through 38. I don't think that one was listed, but we'll see. Um, Here we go. Departing from there, Jesus went along by the Sea of the Galilee, and having gone up on the mountain, he was sitting there. A large crowd came to him, bringing with them those who were lame, crippled, blind, mute, and many others, and they laid them down at his feet, and he healed them. So the crowd marveled at at them and saw the mute speaking, the crippled restored, the lame walking, and the blind seeing. And they glorified God, the God of Israel. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I feel compassion for the people because they have remained with me now three days, having nothing to eat. And I do not want to send them away hungry, for they might faint on the way. The disciples said to him, Catch this. This is their attitude. Where would we get the, that many loaves in his desolate place to satisfy such a crowd? In another passage of scripture, it may be the 5,000 where they said, We can't feed all these people. What do, you, what do you want us to do? I'd say bring a taco stand. Let's do it. Right? Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven and a few small fish. And he directed the people to sit down and ground, on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and the fish, and giving thanks, he did the baraka. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth the bread from the earth and the sustenance in that time. He broke them and started giving them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the people, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they picked up what was left over and broken pieces and seven large baskets full. You see, the disciples wanted to send them away because they didn't think there was enough food for them. But Jesus, having compassion, said, Look, we've got to feed them. I want this. When they walked through the doors of the disciple center, do you have Jesus' compassion? Hey, how's it going? Where... Where did you hear about us? Or where do you go to school? Right? The younger ones, we could always say, Are you going to Cal Baptist? Good chance. That's pretty good play because we've all come from, a lot of us have come from Cal Baptist. Hey, welcome. Glad to hear, see you're here to worship. Or are you saying, I wonder who they are? We need to have compassion. Hey, here's our hymnals. There's our bulletins. This is where I sit. Would you like to sit with me? And as soon as you say that, they may say, you know what, so-and-so invited me? Great, this is where they usually sit. Right? I know where Anna sits. I know where Miss Bergen, Dr. Bergen sits. This is where they usually are. But you're always welcome. And please, if they don't show up, please come sit with me. And just so you know, when service is over, we're going to lunch and you're coming with us. Unless you already have plans. Because that is part of our worship here at the Disciple Center. To go to lunch. So, um, don't be that person. 
I've seen, I have personally seen this in larger congregations, especially Southern Baptist. Somebody comes in, they don't know anybody, they sit down in the pew, and they come over, they, and the person that usually sits there comes over and says, Excuse me, I sit there every week. Can you scoot over? I have seen that. Like they own that seat. Is that being like a Pharisee or a disciple? Or is that being like Jesus? Maybe Jesus would walk up and sit down and say, Hey, how's it going? My name's Trevor. Right? His name would be Jesus, right? (laughs) My name's Trevor Jesus. Okay? I need to act like him. Maybe I should take on that name. I, I think if we had to take on his name and put it in ours, my name is Dan... Uh, on a Jesus might act a little bit different, don't you think? Well, we're supposed to be acting like him. Moving on from there, um, Matthew nineteen thirteen through fifteen. This is a big one for me. You guys know how I love to teach the children. I love it. That's my passion. It says, then some children. So basically, the Pharisees had just got done questioning Jesus. Let me set this up for you. And, and going at it with them, trying to catch him when he's wrong. Well, some people brought some children to him. And it says, some children were brought to Jesus so that he might lay hands on them and pray. And the disciples, his Prime disciples rebuked them. No, get them away. Thinking maybe maybe they thought they were protecting him. I don't know. But Jesus said, Let the children alone, and do not hinder them from coming to me. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And what's it say he does? Laying hands on them. He did after laying hands, they departed. But he took the time to know the children, to bring them to me. Rebuking the disciples, doing the opposite of what they said. Bring them to me. And so he did. And they did. So those are some of the attitudes of the disciples. Turn over to Luke 19. When somebody steps in this congregation, somebody steps through those front doors, they're coming here for a reason. They're coming here because they're looking for the compassion. They're looking to learn about the Savior, our Messiah. And in Luke 19, I see those who have walked in and only come once or twice as being Zacchaeus. Did we welcome them or did they go back out not knowing compassion of Jesus? So, let's read through this. Luke 19, 1 through 10. He entered Jericho and was pushing through. So there were many there. And there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus He was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was. 
and was unable because of the crowd to see him. For he was a small little guy. I can't read this without hearing that song, right? A wee little man was he. So he ran on ahead, climbed up into the sycamore tree, and in order to see him, for he was about to pass through that way. He had heard about Jesus, and he was finally in the area. And Jesus came to the place where he was. He looked up. Wow, he's in the tree just trying to get a glimpse of Jesus. And he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I'm going to your house today, right? For I'm coming to your house today. I must say, and he hurried and came down and received him gladly. When they saw it, they all began to grumble, saying, He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. That attitude sucks. They were judging him. And yet, Zacchaeus had climbed up in a tree just to see Jesus. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. Transition from possible sinner to conversion. That's amazing. In just a split second. Just that time he spent with them, the afternoon, the evening, having dinner with them. But yet Jesus again was judged, saying, what's he doing with that tax collector? And Jesus said to actual Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Do you start to see the attitude of those who do not want Jesus to work with the sinners? Our goal is to multiply. We've done that. God has blessed us in our our quiver in the homes. We have so many children. Do you remember Rabbi Stuart Dowerman standing up here challenging us? Just a few months ago, he said, if you're not talking to those living around you, if you're not bringing people in, you're not doing what God has told you to do. Kind of shook me a little bit, made me think quite a bit. Somebody asked, well, I thought our, our, and I thought this too, I thought our congregation was supposed to focus on our kids first and then later get to those outside. Rabbi Stuart Dowerman said, if that's the way you've been taught or that's the way you think, it's wrong. And you're not teaching your kids to do what Jesus did. Okay, maybe I misinterpreted something. Sure enough, I went back to Dr. Stokes. I said, hey, just, just a little bit of what Stuart, or Rabbi Stewart said. He goes, I, and Pastor Bruce said, I never said we shouldn't be ministering. I've always said everybody should have four or five that they're ministering to while they're also being ministered from 
somebody else like him. And he said, I think some people may have just taken it that way. I'm not going to speak for Dr. Stokes. I'm not. But that's, that's what I got from my conversation with him. And I thought, wow, maybe I just misinterpreted all these years. So I started to personalize that. And like I said, I'm exhausted on Friday, but yet we're having people over. <coughs> or maybe we're doing it on Havdalah. We're trying different things this year because I need to grow. I need to minister to those outside. Why? Why should I do this? Jesus gives a parable right next to 1 through 10. Let's go through it. All the way to the 23 or 24 of Luke 19. While they were listening to these things, Jesus went on to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem and they supposed that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. And Jesus said, A nobleman went to a distant country to receive a kingdom from himself or for himself and then return. He called ten of his slaves, gave them ten minas, and said to them, Do business with this until I come back. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We do not want this man to reign over us. When he returned after receiving the kingdom, he ordered that these slaves to whom he had given the money be called to him so that he might know what business they had done. The first appeared saying, Master, your minas have made ten minas more. He said to him, Well done, good slave, because you have been faithful in a very little thing. You are to be in authority over ten cities. The second came, saying, Your minna, master, has made five minas. And he said to him also, You are to be over five cities. Another came, saying, Master, here is your minna, which I kept put away in a handkerchief. For I was afraid of you, because you are an exacting man. You take up what you did not lay down, and reap what you did not sow. He said to him, by your own words I will judge you, you worthless slave. Did you know that I am an exacting man, talk, taking up what I did not lay down, reaping what I did not sow? Then why did you not put my money in the bank? Having come, I would have collected it with interest at least. Then he said to the bystanders, Take the minna away from him. Give it to the one who has the ten minas. And they said to him, Master, he has ten minas already. I tell you that to everyone who has, has, more shall be given. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. But these enemies of mine, who did not want me to reign over them, Bring them here and slay them in my presence. What are we going to be? Are we going to be that slave that says, Jesus, I, I, I raised my children and, and it multiplied that way? Or are we going to say, I talked to my neighbors. I talked to those who I felt like your spirit was leading me to in the store and just said, God bless. Jesus loves you. I was ministering with what I knew. And I believe, honestly, I truly believe that's what's going on. 
I don't believe we have instructed you guys correctly. I really don't. I'm standing here as a pastor saying that. So I'm standing here today trying to correct some of it. Because we, we have done um, one outreach at Cal Baptist. I got some feedback from various different sources. And I, I'm trying Friday nights every once in a while, a movie night, and hopefully more people will come. Um, we had a great fellowship this week at my house, and we didn't even play the movie for the adults. We did it for the kids, um, which was awesome. And there's people there that have never been here before. And so just getting to know one another is an opportunity. But um, I'm going to pass these out. I think there is... Uh, would you mind handing this back to Christy? Um, I believe there's an opportunity to grow in what we do. And this is one way that we can. But our attitudes have to be in the right place. There's two sides to this. Sonia, can you hand them to that side for me? We'll make sure you guys get some. Um, Look at that. Look at both sides of that. Are there two different messages on it? Is there an address on both sides? There's only an address on one side. I personally believe we need to be prepared with both sides when we go and we minister to people. The one without the address is a darker one, right? That has my name, it has my email address, it has my phone number. I've debated actually going around this community and passing that one out. Letting people know we're in the area. We're here to minister to you. And that's the one I would do. However... I would have this other one in my vest pocket here with our address. Because if I speak to them and I am building a small relationship, very small, maybe five or ten minutes with them, and they say, you know, I, I might come check you guys out. Great. Has my email address, has my phone number. I'm going to give them the one with the address. I'm comfortable with that. And if they come through those doors, great. I look forward to having them. I'm also going to tell them, hey, every once in a while, I see you have kids. We're going to have a movie night. I'd love to see you. What I don't need is somebody that's standing behind me watching me do what I do because my ministry may be a little bit more open than other people's. And so if they say, hey, our address is this, and they say, well, wait, they need to email or they need to do this first. Excuse me, I'm the one talking to this person. And if I feel comfortable with it, I'm going to give them our address. Especially if I've talked to them about the love of Christ. Especially if I'm building that relationship. And if they haven't come in a few weeks... Guess what? I'm going to write down their name and their address because I'm horrible with names especially. I'm going to go follow up. Hey, I just want to make sure. I don't want to push anything on you, but I just want you to know I'm still praying and if something opens up, we're still here. Are we doing anything? Are our kids seeing any ministry at all? Because again, I am 
one person that has grown in this fellowship together. And I am here because Dr. Stokes listened and began this ministry, and so are you. But where's our ministry? Where's our kids seeing our growth? What are they saying? Are they seeing that we're bringing people to Christ? Or are they seeing us just focus on them and then just in this congregation? I'm challenging you, each and every one of you, the same way Rabbi um, Stuart Dowerman has. We need a minister outside. We need to have an attitude of compassion, not like the disciples saying, no, 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 get them away. Or like the Pharisees, why are you eating with them? And again, when they come here, and they are here for the first time, the second time, the month, unless they become a member and they go out to lunch with you, if you invited somebody in your house, would you expect them to bring you dinner? I wouldn't. I'd say, hey, I have dinner for you. Guess what? When we go out to lunch, I'm paying. I wouldn't expect them to bring me tea. They're here. They're our guests. Make sure when they walk through that door, they feel welcome. Because guess what? I've met so many members throughout the time that have gotten here before the parents who's here for a baby dedication and I've always introduced myself and tried to be welcoming. And as soon as I find out who it is and what they're here for, I'll usually try to block off that row or whatever it is because I know there's going to be a large crowd here today. Let us all have compassion like Jesus. Let us all have an attitude like Jesus. And this place will be full before you know it. Let's go to him in prayer today. Father in heaven,